This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on blockbases.com. That is blockbases.com. Right in. So welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club where we talk all things Cosmos, tweeting daily about what's going on. And then we invite interesting, fascinating, hardworking builders of the ecosystem. And today we got checked back to the to the club here and uh, with you, Fraser. Thank you so much for joining, Fraser. Uh, thanks for having us again. Um, I love, love what you're doing, especially as um, I remember the first one that we did with you guys and it was so rare to get on a call uh, on a session like this and speak to someone who actually understands decentralized ID and what we're up to. So it's really, really refreshing. Uh, so thanks for having us back. Yeah, I believe we had a space for anyone who didn't uh, check it out yet. Um, we did it like in August last year. So in crypto, that, that means we go way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> old friends. Old friends, yeah. And we uh, we met uh, randomly at a meetup in uh, in Berlin in September, I remember. So uh, so yeah, it, it almost seemed like it was meant to be for, for the club and, and checked to come together. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, I always regret that we didn't spend as much time as we originally planned to, and but I, I mean, it was a chance meeting. But like, I know we caught each other really, really briefly, and then like lost each other in the bar. So exactly. <laughs> hopefully, there'll be exactly. another one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so Fraser, uh, we like uh, to do uh, more sort of a personal approach to begin with, just to kick things off, and then uh, of course we dive into all the exciting work that you've done at Checked. Um, but tell us about your personal story. How did you end up working on and with Checked? Yeah, absolutely. So um, to give like a really quick backdrop of where all of this kind of came from. So I, I joined Accenture, a um, big consulting firm, like pretty much straight out, out of university. Um, I was doing network infrastructure. So that's like switches, routers, firewalls, all that kind of stuff. Um, then fell into voice biometrics, then fell into biometrics a bit more general, which a lot of people would kind of equate with identity, then fell into AI, then blockchain, um, did some work on CDBCs and cross-blockchain payments. So co-authored a couple of payments um, on cross-blockchain payments with a couple of central banks. So the Montreal Authority of Singapore and the Canadian Central Bank. Then fell into uh, managing the known traveler digital identity pilot, which blended um, self-sovereign ID um, and international travel. Um, so that was working with the World Economic Forum, um, or as a lot of people like to think of them, the lizard people. Um, and then the Dutch and Canadian governments to build self-sovereign ID for international travel. Um, and probably in the second year of that, I started doing like sales of self-sovereign ID, decentralized ID into like enterprise. 
I'm pretty consistently was hitting the same brick wall, which was like, oh, this tech's really, really cool. Um, and the user experience is great, but how does anyone make any money on it? And at that point, like no one had an, no one had an answer. Um, and it was pretty difficult. And after about six to nine months of having basically the same experience again and again and again, which was like companies be like, this is really cool. We love the idea, but we can't make any money off it. Basically, myself and Anchor, my co-founder, CTO, um, decided that we go off and solve it ourselves. Um, and that was just over, well, actually, yeah, just two years ago. Um, and it's been a ride ever since. Um, so, yeah, um, just been like falling into one thing after another, I guess, in the most positive way. Falling falling with style, as uh, Buzz, Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear would describe it. Falling forward. Is not the political catchphrase, <laughs> or like what they call it, like leaning in. Um, apart from I'd like let le in so far, I fell over. Um, but always into good stuff. Beautiful. So yeah, let's uh, let's not keep people in suspense. Um, we we've had you on before, and uh, anyone who wants to check it out, you can check out the thread that we did unchecked and previous spaces. But uh, for anyone who hasn't. Uh, Paid attention to what you guys are working on. Perhaps you can just uh, explain, like we're five. You can consider us ten also if you want. But uh, what is checked all about? The whole decentralized ID space, and uh, why should people pay attention? Basically, yeah, absolutely. So, um, like I kind of described, I was working in self-sovereign ID before. What checked is focusing on is decentralized ID, self-sovereign ID, but focusing on enabling payments, commercial models for. Um, that paradigm so you as the user are at the center of that ecosystem but there is a value flow attached to all that data moving around so we are focused on that value flow so enabling that whether that's um, verifiers paying people like subjects like people on this call people on this call paying for to get credentials issued in the first place but actually the probably our main focus and this is the most like I guess biggest differentiator against anyone else in the market is the ability for like you as the user to move around with your data, but wherever you share that data to in terms of a company, having to pay the company that originally issued it in the first place. And that seems to be what gets the most traction with us when we go and speak to companies with those big data silos. So our focus really is on like releasing data from those data silos and giving it back to individuals like we see on this call um, so that they can go and reuse it elsewhere. And then separately, we've been working on a thing called creds, um, which some of you may or may not have seen, which is looking at kind of um, protecting gamifying communities, but ultimately it's going to end up in building a decentralized reputation that people can take around with them, which is like not based on any like identifying information at all. It will be based on like Discord, Telegram handles, your behavior in DAOs, how many events you turned up to, all that kind of thing. Um, and very much put it at the control of individuals to go and to go and use wherever they want to. Um, so there's a beta signer page. I don't know if um, hopefully Matt in the background can can tweet that in or, or share it around. And uh, we're hopefully going to be opening that up into beta um over the next couple of months and then just understanding how people want to use it um and building out even further so um the research has started and um yeah looking forward to, to getting, getting that out in the wild a bit more 
definitely. We'll talk uh, more about crits, but uh, just uh, to uh, give people uh, sort of the overarching overview that I like to give, at least when I talk about checked and uh, checked tokens for that matter, is that a lot of the promise with blockchain uh, is not so much around finance and DeFi. I know that's killer application, if you will, but a lot of people, when they hear about blockchain, they hear about identity, you know, not being able to be canceled locked or whatever you can sort of take your identity with your wallet just like you can take your bitcoin or your atom or your ethereum or whatever with you and um, that's something that has not really been executed on for whatever reason uh, perhaps you can speak more to why <laughs> we haven't seen that so much uh, as we've seen DeFi, for example explode but yeah i think it's a big promise that blockchain has it's something that holds much bigger potential if you will uh, than than finance and DeFi, even though that's a big problem so um so yeah that's that's something where the, the way people should imagine it at least the way i see it is that we use twitter right now for example and uh, let's take uh, the Cosmos club we spend a fair amount of time effort to build up the account and all that let's say we uh, put in a, an email on the accounts uh, for the Twitter account that has been used before, then we risk that Twitter just blocks us, and we have no control, no like no power really to uh, to decentralize that at all. With something like Creds and uh, Checked, it's it's more decentralized. It's in the hands of people who are actually building your online identity, and that's a huge thing I think we need to solve in in blockchain as a whole. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think on, on the adoption, I think that really, I think that, I think it really closely relates to what we're doing at Creds. Um, and myself and Anko have been chatting about this quite a lot. And if you look at what decentralized ID and SSI has been used for historically, like all the demos, <clears throat> I'm going to be pretty blunt here, sucked. Like they just sucked. The user experience was not fun. It was mm. clunky. It was highly technical. But I think the real limiting factor was like everyone was going after super high assurance stuff. So they're going after like KYC credentials on this kind of thing. And like that's going to happen, but there's going to be a load more fun stuff that's interesting that happens like before we get to KYC because the the regulations just aren't there and it's difficult. And like of, and as soon as you're in a regulated environment, just things take time. Whereas on like creds it's it's basically a social thing um and we don't know exactly how it's going to be used but it's it doesn't require like any regulation it doesn't require approvals it just requires like projects to start issuing credentials out to their community and as a result like the um we were at internet identity workshop two weeks ago alex and anchor were and there was a consensus last week um and at IAW, all the demos typically are showing people like text files. It's super dull. The user experience isn't that great. And instead, we turned up with like, a, like I guess it's still an SSI decentralized ID demo, but it looks like NFTs. It looks fun. And it didn't even have the gamification bit in that we, that we want to get in there. So um, all of that is just a completely different way of looking at it. And I think as a result, like, we'll be able to get a lot more adoption and credentials into the market than anyone else who's looking at more traditional use cases because, or at least quicker, um, because it is permissionless, because it's fun and people actually want to use it. Like, I mean, obviously I'm biased and I've got an incentive to do so, but like 
I've been sharing my credentials all over the place. Um, I can actually share a link into here so people can go and see them and it will go to a sign up page. But like it's it's way cooler than um yeah, just some KYC thing. Definitely. Sorry, I was on mute because uh, I was trying to get the link if you were sending it. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, that's a good segue into uh, Creds uh, or Creds.xyz that you uh, launched pretty recently. And again, for anyone who hasn't been uh, following, got a lot of attention, I would say, uh, from even massive players like uh, JP Morgan mentioning uh, your platform in a report about uh, decentralized identity. I think that's a uh, Pretty badass, to be honest. I would love to be able to say that I created something JP Morgan uh, added in a report of theirs. So, uh, so yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about Creds. Um, what's the platform about? How do you manage your online identity uh, with the sort of building your Web3 profile? Uh, I think the catchphrase is. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about uh, how people can use it and try it out. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, um... I think the first thing I should probably say is that we don't know exactly how it's going to be used. And we're trying to figure that out with a load of user um, interviews right now. But um, Creds is basically like um, allowing you or anyone to build a decentralized reputation. Um, and so what that means is bringing credentials from various different places or creds as we've described them um, and combining them, them together to show like with within any specific interaction, the details about yourself that you think are relevant. So that's going to start off anchoring onto social profiles. So whether that's your Discord, your Twitter, your Telegram, any of those things, anchoring onto those and then being able to split out into like other and uh, augment those with like the ones that I'll share in a second are like the fact that I work for checks, the fact that I know stuff about SSI um, and I can share stuff like the fact that I went to consensus last week from a ticket and I can share all those things to different people who then based on that can decide whether to trust me or not. But like my uh, discord handle, my Twitter handle, like all of those contain my name, but there are plenty of people on this call who are going completely add on. So they're going pseudonymous and going down that process, like they can just share things based on like their Telegram, Discord, Twitter handles, plus other stuff and turn that into that, that kind of reputation, which they can then share elsewhere. And they don't need to share like anything about their real name, their address or anything else. But as a result, like they can decide whether to trust me or not. And that's just like the creds that we have right now. What we're going to shift this into and the, the, the sharing that we have right now what we're going to then shift that into is also things like Discord and Telegram bots. Um, so one of the things that I particularly think is quite cool is we're going to be able to have a situation where, like, if I message you, you can forward any message on Telegram from me onto the bot. The bot will ask me for the right credentials to prove that I do work for Checked. And if I do, and I can fulfill that criteria back to you, then it will tell you that I'm a legit person. And basically, as a result of that, we think we can take out a lot of the scamming that happens on Telegram and maybe Discord. And so, yeah. like, it's got all these different elements. But the, I, again, to repeat the first point, like, we're going through the process now of loads of in user interviews and issuing credentials out and seeing what people like. We honestly don't know how, like, we've heard, we've had, like, upwards of 30, I think, user interviews right now. We know loads of people are interested in using it. And they've all got very, very different angles. Um, 
and they all want to use it for, di- for different things, which is super cool. Can I um, just add to that? Is is that okay? Hi, hi. Is uh, do you mind if I just add some more to that, Fraser? Is that okay? Yeah, of course, definitely. Go ahead. Cool. So basically, when we've designed it, we've actually built it for our community with community management and community protect in mind. So the framework that we've incorporated focuses a lot of um, learning journeys, achievements, endorsements. So if we work with anybody, let's say, who are one of our advisors or they are validating on our chain, we'll give them a VC that validates that reputation. Also, we use it for, we can use, we set it up to use it for things like, um, you know, like competitions, whether it's um, regular, tas- regular tasks on, uh, you know, like Web3 boards that set up challenges. And the other thing is, as Fraser mentioned, one of the big parts of this, is, I mean, I started as a moderator in, in Web3 and one of the huge challenges that I was faced was impersonation and team scam accounts. And um, we, we, when we set this up in mind, it really, um, it really does um, set that apart from everything else. And the other thing is, is that when Fraser mentioned we don't really know how it's used, the beauty of it is, is that these are completely flexible. You can set up a, cred- a credential for absolutely anything you want. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, that's that's one of the real selling points of this. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I mean, we were one of the better users. Or are one of the better users. users we're still trying it out. Um, and just this is a, an unfair medium because we can't show anything visual. But I can uh, tell you all who's listening in uh, now and, and later that the interface is super slick, very intuitive, very very easy to wrap your head around and get started with. But to talk about the mechanics, because I think a lot of people are scratching their heads, like how how do how to even go about this problem of online identity? And we could just take an example of uh, I don't know a big personality, Elon Musk, let's say, or an organization like uh, I don't know JP Morgan. We mentioned right. How do you verify? There's so many copies and bots uh, for Elon Musk, for example. How do you verify that whichever Kretz profile or Web3 profile is the actual Elon Musk? Can you just dumb it down for us, perhaps, how, let's say Elon Musk is interested, right? And there's a hundred different Kretz uh, created Web3 profiles of Elon Musk. How does Elon Musk verify that he is the actual Elon Musk? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in, in this scenario, what we're doing is we're authentic, authenticating against Twitter. So um, the first sign up that we've got right now is based on Discord, but the plan is over time, we're going to open that up to Telegram and things like probably Twitter, LinkedIn, a bunch of other stuff, whatever you want to connect, like, we'll figure that out. And the intention is like, once you start connecting those, being able to yeah, bring all these, all those things together. And the idea is like, we can check against the handle that you register against. So for me, like you can check that I've authenticated against mine. You can check it also. I can then link that to my Telegram. And what's cool there is like whether that's myself or Elon Musk can basically like authenticate against Telegram. Sorry, like authenticate against Twitter and then share that like Twitter handle via Telegram. And you can see that both are linked together. So it's quite cool in that you can start sharing stuff where it's like, a proof of some kind of reputation or personhood from one network or like one channel and share it across somewhere entirely different. Now, obviously there's going to be stuff around like, okay, what if I've just like misspelled Elon to try like E-L-0-N instead of Elon to try and get that through. And that's where there's still going to have to be some nuance. But the idea is if we start bringing all these signals together, like you'll start being able to gauge like whether that person is, is legit or not. 
And so, and it also comes into like, like the really powerful thing that myself and Matt have right now is if we share our discords to anyone and the, the telegrams, sorry, the, the creds attached to that, we can also share the fact that we work for checked. So we can bring that through. So Elon would be like, okay, like only I, the legit Elon can prove that I work for like, for Twitter, for SpaceX, for Tesla. Like I'm the only person who's going to have those credentials. And then what we can boil that down to is like, even if someone tries to impersonate those companies, we can have a thing called a trusted issuer list, which starts boiling down like who will the legitimate companies. And that'll start off like when we roll this out, we'll probably have like the first trusted issuer list. But over time, we'll start decentralizing that down so that you can basically start choosing those. And over time, we could start shifting that around. But the key thing is we can start bringing together like all of these different um all these different signals that you can start evaluating off, which isn't just like, oh, this kind of looks like Elon and he's messaged me on Twitter. Therefore, I think it's the right person. It's, it's going to be like, oh, he sent me a load of credentials which show what his handle is. Like, does he work for these companies? Does he have a load of other proofs? And the other, like, if we take this away from like a known personality, it could be someone that you've like interacted with maybe on Twitter, who then message you, message you on Telegram, but they can prove that they they're like a, a um, they have like a high reputation in a DAO that you also are part of, and therefore you can start using these signals to know if you trust them or not. Versus just like, oh, this kind of looks like the right handle, but I'm not so sure. Um, so it brings in it brings it into that that kind of area. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that, that, it's basically just bringing all these reputational signals and making it a lot easier to bring them into the same place um where like you can start evaluating them really really easily beautiful beautiful and uh just to take it a step further beyond uh, individuals uh, what if i'm an organization like jp morgan for example uh, with hundreds thousands sometimes even billions of uh, employees um is it is it the same uh, flow of things like you basically collect your official Twitter profile, official Facebook, whatever different platforms you use. And, uh, and and some administrator is basically connecting those, just like I'm connecting, uh, let's say, a login with Twitter or login with Google, something like that. Is it, is it the same kind of uh, setup or is it different between individuals and people? Yeah, good question. Um, it's, it's pretty similar. Like one of the ones that I'm most excited about is um, what we're calling... Uh, maybe they're just generally, generally called this is endorsements. Um, so the ability for like um, a company to recognize either a company or an individual for services. So we were speaking to, um, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but we were speaking to Tenement Timmy the other day and he was like, I'd really love to be able to endorse this creator that I work with who does a load of visuals. Um He's like, I'd love to be able to give him an endorsement so that he can take that wherever he wants, say he works with me and that I like his work. And I think that's going to be really, really powerful as this goes forward. Like you'll be able to have like VC say, yes, we've invested into this company and we trust them. But also the flip side, you could have the company being like, yes, this is a good VC and we trust them and do it on both sides. Um, and therefore, like, you can start having people share these to each other and be like, yeah, these people trust me. They are willing to vouch for me. 
and therefore like you can start trusting me without like having to go around the houses so a great example was this happened last year um but we got approached by um got approached by an ex uh, by bd reps saying they were representing an exchange and this happens a lot um and we they just look sketchy they look super super sketchy um and so we were like oh like this like it'd be good to talk to these people but we want to check who they are um they couldn't prove that they worked for this exchange so what we then did was we had to go like via one of our vcs who we knew would know the exchange message them be like do you know when you want at this exchange can we get hold of them and then we hopped onto the call with like the coo of this exchange and we're like do you know these people like who are they and and she was like yeah like they're an agency that works for us um but we'd had to spend like two weeks and a bunch of time trying to like validate who they worked for <laughs> because they couldn't do it themselves and so like i think getting into that scenario like having being able to do that would be just via endorsements and credentials would be so so much better um than like the situation right now which is like you've just got to ping the right person which is a complete headache pain the pain is real the pain is very real <laughs> yeah and it's, it's and it's i think it's that people right now don't know that like there's an alternative so i think as we start mm -hmm. getting this out it's gonna be quite cool seeing people be like oh like oh i can so um anyone who's come from like an agency would know obviously you, you you do some work and then afterwards you start having a credential which is like oh like or like a case study or like some statement some client statement and we can basically shift those into being credentials where it's like oh not only do you have this like logo on your website we can prove that we all worked for you like i worked for you and that you thought i executed well and i can go and take that elsewhere um, and that's what I would like super valuable for me because it's not just like an empty statement on a website or a logo. Like I have someone to stand behind it at the same time as the original client doesn't need to be involved. Like they don't need to be fielding requests all the time to say that I'm a legit, like I can just say that straight off the bat. So that's going to be pretty exactly. powerful. Um, and that's, it's, a, that's one it, of the ones it's super, it's super powerful. I think, uh, let's not underestimate the potential here because, this goes way beyond uh, quote unquote online identity. It also dives into education certifications, like basically any institution, whatever the institution does, if it's education or company that you work for, can sit there and verify that yes, you took this certificate, this course, this job for two years uh, doing these tasks. I mean, it just goes way beyond, you know. Let's verify Elon Musk on Twitter uh, and Facebook. Uh, it, it's so much more than that. And I think just uh, to bring it home, it's uh, yeah, it's not just social media profiles verified on chain. It's it could be it could be anything that can be uh, super certified and uh, verified by uh, someone else. Want to bring that home? <laughs> can I? Yeah, yeah, go, Matt. I was just going to say, I don't want to jump the gun here, but it's a beautiful segue from what you've just said there. There's actually a question which is um, under the spaces. And it's, if it's okay, I mean, it's a really good question and it relates to exactly what you've just said. And that question is, is um, uh, can you explain how Checked can solve and what does it mean in the manufacturing industry? And I've got a great example to be able to answer that and follow on from that, if that's okay. Please do. 
okay, so I've got a bit of, bit of experience in FMCG environments, which is basically food manufacturing. And um, one of the processes involved in this is we have to gather suppliers, approved suppliers. We would get contracts together and we would agree a particular quality of certain ingredients. Now, over a point in time, you would just assume that the supplier is sending you the product that you've trusted would be as part of that contract. Now, that's where the trust falls over. With the, with the check tooling, not specifically creds, when you look at it from a Web2 perspective, it can apply to each and every single one of those ingredients and also where those ingredients were sourced from or created from. So as it moves through the supply chain to things like bill of materials, to where it was processed, where it was packaged, right down to the delivery driver and the person who then signs the consignment to see that it's been received, all of that can have a throughput. Every tiny little item within supply chain, whether you're, you know, whether you're shipping out mail, whether you're uh, preparing and building the next cool um, popular smartphone or, or Mac, for example, every item and every process within that can also have tied to it a verifiable credential. And when I joined Checked, for me, this was the biggest use case. Um, I just thought it was worth mentioning that for the sake of that question and on that segue because it is a really big uh, use case for us. Yeah, I totally agree. And it, it, it goes beyond like, it's one of the industries that we think is going to go quick with flight first because like to Matt's point, there's a there's a high value in loads of it and or lots of them. The other nice thing is it doesn't, it's got no concerns around like PII, GDPR because it's not related to people in a large sense. Like a lot of it is like, where did this part come from? Which company manufactured it? Like who... Um, who couriered it as a company and less to do with that maybe individual people as opposed to like KYC is going to be like, okay, it's really highly personal data that you need to be, be careful with. Whereas like, okay, if there's some breach on like part numbers, it's not ideal, but at, the, at least it's not personal data. Um, and I'd say the other part is um, it's also super high value. Um, like what there's one company that we're aware of that like, um, this is one of our partners who's been speaking to them and they're like our whole brand is based on the fact that we're like farm to table that we're like completely like end-to-end supply chain and we know exactly where everything came, comes from and they're like if that breaks like if we can't prove that or if it gets lost or if we're wrong then we don't have a brand anymore um, and we don't have unique positioning in the market and they're obviously like they're um, I guess like a premium brand so they're like if we lose that we don't have our edge anymore we don't have our margin and so it's really really valuable in a way that like you don't see in other use cases so for that reason like we're expecting that to be one of the ones that we like will go quickest um we think makes sense speaking of your position in the market and how things are looking for for checks uh, as a whole so obviously you uh, are doing better testing for creds, the uh, sort of platform that most people will use and see when they uh, interact with the checks, uh, technology and the check platform. The, how does the roadmap look like from here? So I'm sure you're going to better test uh, the coming weeks. Um, at some point you go, uh, you go live and then uh, what happens? Yeah, good, good question. So I think it's then worth splitting a splitting like checked as it currently stands into two. So um, there's creds that's going to become or like go off and be its own thing. Um, and right now, what that process looks like is 
we've got like a beta version. Um, there are some people on this call I can see who are going to get access to that beta like pretty, pretty soon. Um, and so off the back of that, we're doing loads and loads of interviews. Um, and by going through that, going through that process, we're trying to understand like, what do people want to be using this for? Like, what is the most valuable credentials that they would issue? And therefore, like, what, where should we focus our time and our development? And, and like, what, what would the next products be? So um, over time, like, we're expecting basically to narrow that down, understanding like, who, who we should be speaking to, what the best way of rolling all this out is. Um, so that's, that's creds. That's very much going to go down, like, its, its own path. Um, I've, and I think, like, we've spoken about on this call, like, it's, it's super cool already. Like, the amount of, like, interaction and demand that we see is just is crazy. Um, but separately, there's, like, still checked network and how that behaves and the partner network that we have. So the thing that uh, alongside Preds that we're working on at the moment is basically um, a first version of payments. So the ability for like data to get issued to an individual, that individual to take that data elsewhere, and they'd be able to like enforce a payment from whoever like receives that credential in the future to, to like pay the issuer of it in the first place. So that's the, one of the biggest things that we're working on right now and hope to have out in the next couple of months. I realized we said that for quite a while, but like I can actually see the dev work in the background that means that's going to be true. And then basically like that's that's the major USP that we've been working on for so, so long. Um, and the, the thing with that is like, if you then look at the network, what we've done is we've partnered up with, um, I think it's over 45 um, SSI vendors, partners worldwide now. Each of them does a different industry vertical or a different country or a different use case. And basically working with them to go and take on entire industries. And so as an example, like we're um, on the supply chain side, we know about two or three of our vendors are focusing on that as a, as a pure area. And then separately, we're looking at some uh, other ones, which are more like preference data, that kind of thing, where like that's an entirely different set of vendors and a different set of people who are going to go and roll this out. So there's a whole range of people that we're going to be working on with this on. Um, and so we're already seeing those use cases starting to come on through those partners, but we expect that really the, the big shift is going to be once we get um, these payments up and running, like that's going to be where things really, really accelerate because it just, it takes away that blocker that I described at the top of the call. Beautiful. And um, yeah, something that uh, you sort of briefly touched upon, but I think uh, I want to get more in front of the bus is, uh, is a leap into DeFi, leap into payments, as you say. Uh, again, just uh, to bring it home for everybody listening. Connecting your approved online identity with payments in a DeFi way, in a decentralized way, I think that's just a, a future worth living in, <laughs> if you will. Uh, I can just see how smooth the uh, experience will be. You know, I cannot be canceled. I cannot be blocked or whatever. I create my identities and connect it to all kinds of profiles and all kinds of platforms. So whoever I'm working with can verify and be sure that this is me who I'm working with and potentially paying. And then going from there to actually processing the payment, that just makes a ton of sense. So um, so yeah, I don't know if you can talk more about that, uh, but I, I just think that's that's really where DeFi and online, uh, decentralized online identity, it becomes full circle almost. Yeah, I think um, 
I think that's where, like, sometimes we were asked, like, why in, like, SSI world, like, why we've gone down, like, the public permissionless route that we're doing. And a lot of that is to do, and why we've gone down, like, the crypto DeFi route to achieve it. And a lot of that is to do with, like, really make it so that, I guess, putting it simply, it just works. Um, like, one of the big problems with doing it using traditional rails is, like, if you give that data out to an individual and they take it off somewhere else, it suddenly becomes really difficult for like whoever receives that data to know, to have a bank account that can transact with the one who issued it. Whereas in DeFi world, like as long as you can get onto a crypto exchange in either way, like as long as one of them can have an account, you can start doing this pretty seamlessly like behind, behind, uh, behind the scenes. So what that might look like is like someone wants to pay in USD on one side and someone else wants to take out in like euros or Aussie dollars like on the other. And what we can do in the background is basically like start shifting. We can turn that USD into USDC or USDT or anything else. We can put that through like a pool or an exchange on the fly whilst we're making the payments and enforcing them. And then on the other side, it can basically go out in like, let's say Euro um, and be converted from like E-Euro, which I think is being sunset on equivalent and bring that out into Euros on the other side and make all of that completely seamless as well as doing all the like accounting logic on the network as it flies through. So we can adjust the amount that's being sent. We can adjust like the value. We can make it based on volumes. We can make it based on like various other different things. So we can do it on the fly. And I think that's where it's going to be quite cool. It's like, it's going to start off relatively simplistic. Um, but over time, we can start making it much more complex as the requirements come through. And that's that's another one of the reasons why I was so excited about CREDS is it provides us with an, a, a route to really quickly test this kind of thing out. Because we know as we put it into like Web2 markets, it's going to take them time to like experiment with it, come back with feedback, then we need to implement it. And with something like creds, we can put it basically straight into market and just be like, okay, like, does this work? Or do we need to start moving some stuff around and really, really quickly get to an answer? So I think that's one, one of the things that we're most excited about. It's just like getting this stuff like outdoor. Um, but yeah, the, and the other side of um, the, the DeFi thing is we're also looking at credit credentials. So right now there's like everyone on this call probably has like, a load of wallets associated to them and it is pretty comfortable with crypto in general. Um, but everyone's talking about like the, the next wave of adoption that's going to come through. And a lot of the credit credentials that exist right now are just, um, yeah, they're just about, um, yeah. So a lot of people on the on school have those wallets and um, they're basically on like, everyone obviously has that, that history on ledger. Um, but what we're looking at is like, how do we bring people who have like no on ledger reputation and start being able to bring that into the, into these industries where like they can maybe access like leverage based on like their financial history that they want to bring with them or not. Um, and so basically like, it's going to be obviously opt in, but it means that like, if you want to bring some history off ledger onto ledger that allows you to get like better products or like, like higher leverage, like you can start to do that. 
Um, obviously, it's opt-in, and it's up to the DeFi protocols to start adjusting that. Um, but it means that like we can bring those people that don't have that history that wouldn't be able to do anything in the first place and suddenly mean that they've got an immediate on-ramp to stuff that would have taken them like months to years to build up the history to be able to do. So it's all about like making that next wave of adoption as smooth as possible. I think you Beautiful. have your still. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sometimes my phone uh, is low. But uh, I think that makes a ton of sense. And uh, I want to sort of allow ourselves to, to dream a bit uh, and talk about, you know, assuming that you execute on all these, you get uh, the things out the door, as you say, which you're mostly excited about. Um, how do you visualize and see Checked uh, play a big role in uh, delivering on, yeah, these big promises that we're making in blockchain? about online identity, yeah. connecting that to payments. Like, how do you see checked uh, in the sort of years to come if you want to take a helicopter overview? Yeah, um, I think I think the biggest role that we're starting to see is becoming a matchmaker, uh, which sounds like a very strange thing to say, but um, we're starting to get loads of loads of inbound leads where they're like, hey, I want to do this. Like, do you have this? Like, do you have someone doing this? Um, so just like, let me just open up an email because um, like I can actually give like a relevant example, which is quite interesting here. So um, nice. let me, yeah, let me just go and find this because I was like, it's quite cool to see it like come in. I was like, oh, like that's unusual and like brand new that I haven't seen before. Um, okay, so this was like someone who is doing, um, they're doing rental checks in the UK. So like in the UK, whenever obviously whenever you go and rent somewhere, you need to start providing like passport, driving license, some evidence that you have like an identity that you can then use that they will then use to assess like whether they're like whether the um, whether the, the whether the property owner is like willing to rent to you. And obviously, like you're pretty mobile, so those those checks are probably going to happen like every year, and. This is looking at um, it's it's looking at students. Um, so they right now they're using credit agencies, and I think what they've realised probably is that students have crap credit, and they might not even have a credit account, so they don't have records at all. And so they're looking at alternatives, and so they've got in touch with us to be like, hey, we'd love to be able to do this using SSI, and there, like our members have an identity that they can reuse, and over time they can start augmenting it with other signals. And they're really interested in, in shifting away into this. Um, and so now our job is basically like, who do we know who has these credentials that would be able to go and try to facilitate this? And so I think more and more, it's gonna become like connecting people on each side to go and either take those credentials or issue those credentials. Um, so the, like, it's almost like marketplace matchmaking we're just going to be sat in the middle, just being like, okay, we know. And eventually what we, what we want to get to, and this is like Toby's genius idea is we're going to have, have this so that um, like it starts becoming more visible what attributes are on the network. So like, if you want to go and get an address in the UK, we can connect you through to whoever that person is. If you are providing attributes. So if you're providing like, credit credentials globally for DeFi, like you'll be able to advertise basically based on that that service. 
and we'll just match people up in between of like, if you want that credential, here's where you go and get it from. You just need to ask the user and they'll be able to get it from this place um, and start linking people up that way and therefore like really build this into the network. So I think that's, it's like, there's obviously a load of like technology behind that, but from a business angle, it's going to be so much like, yeah, connecting people together. Makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, I've already blended in a few uh, community questions, but one of them that uh, I think is a good way to uh, continue from here is uh, talk about sustainability. And uh, I think uh, the person here is uh, talking both uh, sustainability from a sort of usage of platform uh, angle, but also from a more investor economic angle on, I assume, the check token, uh, how those two things obviously uh, correlate uh, quite heavily but uh, talk to us about sustainability and how you make sure that checked is uh, platforms around checked uh, is is continuous growing and more and more people start using it getting more users as you say yeah absolutely um i think there's a there's a few things so um a lot of it is in the tokenomics so <clears throat> late last year we shifted to a system where um, tokens on the network are burnt for identity transactions. And so for like DIDs, CredDev, schemas, revocation registries, so any um, any token, there's like a defined set of tokens which are burnt um, based on each of those. And I think right now we're it's set like 50% of whatever those tokens are is burnt and the rest is distributed as, as rewards. I think the um, the plan is to put something up on Commonwealth to actually shift that through so everything gets burnt. Um, that certainly was the gist that um, the community seemed to have before. Um, but what's really cool about that is um, a lot of our, one of the things that we did really, really early on was we got a lot of the SSI vendors on as, um, as validators. And one of the reasons behind that was um, as long as they're validators and they have commission, they're basically like soaking up these rewards that instead of being sold onto the market, they'll get burnt. Um, and originally what we actually thought was like before the burn mechanism was in, it was just a really good way of incentivizing validator, or sorry, SSI vendors to start using the network. Like they're comfortable running nodes and some of them have for a while. Um, and it meant that they would just have like these tokens that they got in commission that they could then use for transactions. And now what that shifted to is like they're able to, um, use that commission to just burn off um, and use that for, for transactions, but they're burning tokens out of supply. And what's really, really cool from this is like, if you're coming fresh into the ecosystem and you haven't engaged at all, um, you're going to have to buy tokens to do stuff onto the network. But what's really neat is for those that are running validators, um, actually like the network is technically like, from a dollar perspective, apart from the infrastructure they're running, it's free for them to use, but what they're doing is basically burning tokens off supply. And what's, what's really cool is we're then able to like maintain inflation for validators and, and stakers, but it's separately like being burnt off in terms of use. And the expectation is like, as that starts really ramping up and was, as we're connecting people, like that rate's gonna accelerate. Um, and what we, what I really hope ends up happening is like we end up burning so much, we potentially have to increase the inflationary rate, which would be pretty cool. Um, alternatively, mm. like the community is it's ultimately going to be up to the community to decide 
but like maybe like we actually lower inflation but the way that we then maintain rewards for the community is we swap that percentage on how much is burnt versus how much is distributed and therefore it all works out so i think that's one of the things that we we put in theoretically at the start and now we're starting to see like um like the best example is danube tech they have a thing called go diddy um and I don't want to give a date to it, but I hope that we're kind of incorporated into GoDiddy pretty soon. Um, and what that means is like anything being done by Danube Tech is going to be burning off supply, um, which is great for the network. It's really like fantastic. And yet it's not costing Danube Tech like dollar amounts to do this. So they suddenly have also an incentive to put any traffic onto the network because it's the most commercially viable for them. So it's it's quite neat from that perspective, and I think that's the hope of of like where it really goes from there. Um, as well as once we get the payments in, I don't think it'll be in the first version, but where we want to get it to is, you have to start maintaining a balance of check on the network as collateral, um, which is then settled in stables over time, and that will start basically like locking up supply on the network so that it can't go anywhere. Um, so the plan is like over time really be able to ramp that up. And that'll just start locking up supply as it comes out. Um, so all those mechanisms basically are all kind of put together so that it's sustainable. Um, it is circular. Um, and also means that kind of everyone's incentivized to be kind of doing the right thing and, and putting driving tra traffic onto the network as well as um, like bringing more people in into the network um, and doing it that way. Definitely. For anyone who wants to learn more about the check token, the tokenomics um, ecosystem, uh, if you will, you can go and learn that checked.io to uh, to read more specifically about tokenomics. There's four parts. Focus on the last one, but uh, if you want the full historical review of how tokenomics have evolved for check the check token, then uh, you have full transparency there, basically. So uh, I just want to mention that now that you didn't, uh, Fraser, because I know you're a humble man, but uh, there's a lot of documentation that. Uh, things for people to educate themselves on uh, on vern.checked.io the second That's other awesome. question from uh, from megan about um, uh, something that i think is definitely on people's minds when they talk about personal data identity etc etc and that is how we avoid having businesses in particular uh, online businesses if you will uh, harvest data and basically resell it i think we can all think about examples of that um is that something you, uh, yeah, you, sure, this is something you thought about. How do, how do you guys approach this? Yeah, um, I've actually got a really interesting example of this um, recently. So um, we're speaking to some telcos, uh, so telecommunications, like mobile networks. And um, what's really interesting is they have a load of data that they already have from like when you sign up. Um, so like they they have to check your address like maybe your driver's license or something um so they've got all this data about you um and then they've built up some more from like your subscription history your payment history blah blah, blah. um and also maybe what phones you bought all this kind of stuff just from like working from servicing you and what's been really interesting is when we're talking to them because we can generate revenue that way so we can say like so we can generate revenue in the following way we have really interesting conversations with them and th that way basically is that they want to start giving that data back to people 
and they want them the, the the customers that they have they want them to have that data and to be able to use it elsewhere and the telco wants to stand behind it and say like we are a trusted source of this data but the individual has the control of where they take that to and what's really interesting is as an extension of this is like they want to be involved in the interchange of like raw data but they don't want to be collecting it themselves and the reason behind that is gdpr so they already they've like they've already got the data that they already have and they're like actively like we don't want to collect more because it's a risk to us because the more data we collect the more value it has but also the higher risk it is and therefore like we don't want to get involved in it we'd much rather be involved in like giving that data back to individuals giving them a good user experience and allowing the people individuals to collect that data on themselves from other providers and so it's really fascinating because they're like we really want to be involved in like the inter like sorry the telcos seems to be like we re really want to be involved in the interchange of data we want to give control back to the users but we don't want to be involved in like we don't want to collect more data because it's a risk and i think that's where like historically decentralized id and ssi has been really like altruistic about giving data back to individuals and a lot of the messaging has been to individuals like if you look at the, the all the marketing and the statements for ssi and decentralized id it's always geared towards people um and that's great for the people on this call but the problem it has is that it has absolutely jack shit incentives for companies and so when we can go in and say that look we can build this user experience for users, which is way better. We can give them control back and ownership back. Plus we can incentivize you with new revenue streams. The companies start listening up and it actually, the reaction we get is way, way different to the historical people doing SSI where they walked in and they're like, yeah, we can improve the user experience and it's privacy preserving. And the company's like, yeah, but I, I can't financially do this. Whereas we can basically do both like both messages which is like you can give control back you can make the user experience work and you can get like revenue at the same time all of this hangs together they're much more willing to give that data back and they actually actively want to as well as not collecting more which i think is a really cool shift like i haven't seen that shift before and i think it all comes down to the the payment side of things i can see matt's got his hand up yep yeah basically I basically, I just wanted to extend on that as well. Um, is um, to, just to give you another example to sort of further answer that question is, let's say um, you asked about organizations harvesting data. Let's say I apply for a job um, to a large company. You know, I'll, I'll send them a cover letter or I'll send them a CV or I might send them information on my um, education, like a degree, for example. I could theoretically have that stored in some kind of decentralized storage and then tied to my ID. I can then send them that data that I control. It will hit their inbox. They will take that information that they need. And then with the click of a button, I can click revoke and suddenly they no longer have access to that information anymore. And that's one of the ways we can also enable users to control how much they share and for how long. Awesome. Beautiful, guys. I know you are all busy, so I don't want to keep you uh, keep you hanging in here in our in our space for too long. 
But uh, before we close things off, guys, and this goes both to you, Matt, and, and Fraser, is there anything you want to leave the community with today? Is there something uh, you want us to do? Is there something uh, yeah, we can ask the community to do? Uh, yeah. What do you want to... Yeah. Any final I, words, basically? Yeah, absolutely. So um, hopefully everyone will have seen, like, I've dropped in just below, like, a link to my creds. And I think um, Matt has done the same thing on the sign-up page for, for creds as well. Um if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, like basically head to those links and get signed up. Um, the plan is we'll start opening that up as a beta and we'll start opening up even further once we get through that process of like testing it all out and seeing how it works. So please get signed up for that and then you'll be one of the first, first people to kind of to know. Um, and then, yeah, we can start actually rolling this out and making it a lot bigger. Um, so that's probably the main thing for me. And then obviously, I'm hopefully Matt's going to say the same thing, but like Follow, follow our main account, follow the creds account, um, and yeah, keep an eye out because it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a busy year on our side. It is, and one last thing, just to follow on from what Fraser said, um, behind this account, the Czech.io account, will be dropping an update on a major partnership announcement soon, um, where we'll be sharing some very important news, which will be a major development for the network. So if you keep an eye out for that announcement, if you like the Czech.io account and get involved, we'll be able to offer uh, some access to what that news is or keep an eye out. Right on, guys. Always a pleasure to talk to uh, to you guys from Checked and uh, super excited to continue following. So, uh, yeah, guys, all the best. Yeah, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score and if you find yourself wondering, hmm, Maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past? Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on blockbases.com, that is blockbases.com.